guys, and welcome to the second episode of We'll Be Alright Eventually. My name's Taylor, and I just want to thank everybody who listened to the very first episode. Thanks for all the feedback. The biggest one was definitely way too quiet, so I'm messing around with some settings. Hopefully this one sounds a little bit louder. I also have a dynamic microphone now, so maybe it'll sound a little better and not pick up a bunch of shit, because that was my biggest problem, so we will see. Uh, but yeah... So, second episode took me way too long to record. I was getting very frustrated with the program and also just procrastinating already. I was going to yesterday, but I ended up watching like the whole Duggar series. What's it called? Shiny Happy People. Really fucked up. Uh, Kind of upset me for a while. And yeah, it just kind of felt really weird. So, I ended up watching the Atlanta United game last night. And we won, at least. We... Like, we played pretty good offensively, and then, of course, Guzan was really great as our main star goalie. I really thought about going to the game last night, but I talked myself out of it because I was like, oh, save money, like, you'll just, you'll have to get out of the house. Don't do that. Be lazy. But now I wish I would have went because it was a really fucking good game, uh, even though it was just, like, yellow card after yellow card. But it's fine. Whatever. No big deal. Yeah, so again, going to try to work on this loudness thing. Hopefully this episode sounds better. I need to be less scared of being loud. I think that's my biggest issue is I'm terrified of being loud because I feel like I'm annoying. My friend made a, he made a really good point. He was like, oh, you can always turn someone down, you know, pretty low, but you can only turn somebody up so much. And he made a really good point. So I'm going to try not to be scared. Maybe this will be too loud, but on all honesty, that's kind of okay because, hey, just turn me down. (laughs) Anyways, moving on into the episode, because I don't want to be like one of those podcasts where you sit here and talk for 30 minutes about absolutely bullshit, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, all right, time to get into the podcast. Not like I have too much important to say anyways, but it's fine. For this episode, I do kind of want to preface this with a bit of a warning. I guess I want to say I'm going to talk about my job, which is working with animals, and a lot of people tend to think, oh, puppies, kittens, sunshine, rainbows, happiness, joy. It's really not. (laughs) It's not at all, not even close, and you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to be too graphic, and I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm going to try to be as vague as I can, but there is going to be some mention of, you know, animal death and animal illness and injuries and other things like that, so I just want to give you a heads up before we get into this. More than welcome to skip it. I am going to talk about music at the very end. I kind of struggled a little bit thinking, oh, maybe I should just talk about the sad stuff at the end, but now I'm like, maybe I should just end the episode on kind of a good note because talking about my job is not going to be very fun. (laughs) I mean, there might be some laughs and some smiles, but it's just coping with the trauma of it all at this point. So I, I don't want anybody to really skip it because I want people to hear and I want people to know like how much of a shit show shit show basically yeah it is but again just a warning just a heads up just in case anybody really doesn't want to listen and wants to fast forward through any of these parts that I'm going to talk about it again it'll be really vague it's not going to be too graphic or too crazy but and hopefully there's not a lot of background noise because it is raining outside and it's also kind of early in the morning and the cats are being little psychos so you might you might hear some of their craziness and I might be 
yelling at them, but I'll try to cut it out as much as I can. But anyways, on to the rest of the episode. Let me know if you guys have any questions. And again, thank you all so much for listening. All right, time to talk about animals. Definitely my favorite subject of all time. If you know me, sometimes I definitely get too detail-oriented when talking about them, especially if I start drinking. Sometimes I get really hyper-fixated on things. So if you ever want to know a fun fact, maybe I should just start the podcast off with fun facts about animals like the ones I work with because there's a lot of interesting things that people don't know and it's really funny when people go, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm sure they're definitely just saying that, so I'll shut the fuck up, but... Who cares? It's it's interesting to me and I love it. So my job is a vet tech and if you don't know what that is, it is basically just a nurse for animals. So we do everything from like basically everything that a nurse does but for animals. We give medication, we prep for surgeries, we do anesthesia monitoring, we run diagnostics, all that good stuff. There are specialties, so you have your general practice, so that's where It's basically where you probably take your pet, like your cat or your dog, which is the most common animals. Most GPs, general practices have just see cats and dogs. There are some that have exotics and exotics basically just means reptiles, uh, small animals like Edward's drinking water. Sorry, my dog just started drinking water and it was very loud and he's pacing. He's being weird, but... Some places see exotics like reptiles, small animals like guinea pigs, rats, hamsters, gerbils, all of that good stuff. Uh, that's that's about it. You know, there's specialties where you have your like orthopedics, your neurologist, your cardiologist, all of that stuff. But that's very far and few in between. A lot of times you'll have to take your animal to probably a university because that's the only place where they have either all that equipment or maybe the staff to kind of handle it. So I've been doing this for almost a decade, and I started off working in kind of general practice. I actually started, you know, kind of volunteering where I would work in a general practice. So this place was really interesting. It was a general practice where we saw cats and dogs pretty much throughout the day or any sort of like emergencies for farm animals or large animals, as I like to call it. That just means cows, goats, horses, all the things you find on the farm. That is kind of a dying industry, unfortunately, and a lot of those vets have gone to the government to work for them because it obviously pays a whole lot better. It was hard. Um, I mean, we were working, I was coming in at like eight and I wasn't even getting paid. (laughs) Coming in at eight and then sometimes I wouldn't get home till midnight or later because after we closed the clinic during the day, we would go out and go to farms. We would drive to these people's farms and deal with any animals, any issues, vaccinations, Uh, diagnostics, any sort of emergencies that uh, we could deal with within the time period. Because not only like were we driving, I mean, we were driving like hours. We would drive hours to these farms. So it was a very long day, very, (laughs) lots of hard work. But oh my God, I absolutely love large animal medicine. I love going to farms. I love cows, goats. I love chickens. I love sheep, mamas. I know llamas are kind of assholes, but they are really fun to work with. Alpacas are so sweet and so soft. I, I do like horses, but they kind of scare me just, just a little bit. Like, especially mares, they got that, that little crazy. They always have that crazy look in their eye, and something about it 
always makes me feel like they're going to murder me. But enough about that, I guess. Uh, super, lots of hard work, long hours. I was also getting my undergraduate at that time, so I was in school full time as well as working all these hours on my free days. I was driving like an hour and a half to go to this clinic to work there too. So lots, I, I don't know how I did it. Maybe that's why I'm completely burnt out now because I started off just like running basically, but it was fun and it really, you know, I really wanted to be a vet and you know, I, I, you, you have to have experience before you go to vet school. You have to have like so many hours and you have to log them and all of that. And that's kind of why I started doing it. But it also was the reason why I decided I didn't want to be a vet because I didn't want to make that my life. But here I am as a vet tech making it my life basically with a lot less pay. <laughs> After that, I did get my first job. I started off as kennel tech because I, I didn't go to school to be a vet tech. I just got my biology undergraduate, but I had a lot of hands-on experience. So I started off kind of as a kennel tech and worked my way up. And if you don't know what a kennel tech is, it's basically when you take your dog for boarding or if the place does daycare or maybe grooming and they have to stay all day, you know, they're the ones taking them out. They're the ones cleaning up cages. They're the ones cleaning the hospital, basically. So they're basically the bottom of the pyramid, but they are also the ones that support the entire hospital. <laughs> and oh my fucking God, do you get paid absolute fucking garbage? Like this was years ago. So I, I'm not sure what the average one kind of makes now because I don't know too many, but I, I was making like 750. That's what I started off as. And it was rough. I mean, how was I supposed to go to school, support school? You know, school wasn't a huge deal, but rent, rent was fucking ridiculous because they upcharge you when you live in a college area, which is so fucking stupid. But hey, kids got to live somewhere. Long hours. It was tiring. I mean, how, there was, there's still too many days, you know, that I, like, we don't take lunches. You're working from sometimes 12 plus hours a day. Sometimes you're on your feet all day. You don't get to sit down at all. So it's a lot of physical work. It's also a lot of mental work. I mean, just like nurses, like we have patients that come in. We have our favorite patients. We have animals that we love. We have animals that we don't like. And it's hard and it, it's hard having emergencies come in and you're doing everything you can. You're placing catheters, you're placing endotracheal tubes, you're giving emergency drugs, prepping for emergency surgery while this, you know, you're breathing for this animal, hoping that it stays alive. And while at the same time listening to their owners cry and wail and scream and having to just kind of push that all to the back of your mind until everything you do is over because your main focus right then and there is your animal. And I mean, you know, we, like a lot of nurses kind of have specialties, but vet techs, we do pretty much everything. One day you're seeing patients and you're giving them their monthly heartworm and flea prevention. And then the next day you're doing a spay and a neuter and monitoring anesthesia and making sure your patient stays alive. But it's also, you know, a lot of people would get upset when we make them sign paperwork but you have to sign the same paperwork when you go to surgery you know we can do run all the tests run all the labs run all the diagnostics make sure your animal is 100% perfectly healthy before they go on that table but there's still always a chance that something might go wrong and the whole time you're just constantly having that thought 
you know, you try not to think about it and you try to just focus and try to get things done. You know, speed is the best thing. You just want to get the animal on the table. You want your doctor to perform the surgery as quickly as possible, close that animal up and wake it up. But there, you know, there are some times where they just, they just don't. And that, that hits hard, especially when you think everything's going perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. And then you have to call the owner. I mean, I worked at a place, I've worked at a few hospitals, some okay, some good, uh, some horrible. (laughs) And, you know, they would make us call. Thankfully, it it doesn't happen too often. Or, you know, I've only ever lost like two patients under anesthesia. And, you know, the first one was years and years ago. And I still think about him all the time. It hurts and it sucks and it sticks with you. And then having to tell the owner and be there for them, them thinking that their animal is just going in for a routine surgery and not bringing them back home, it really hits you. And, you know, it's nothing compared to losing a pet. I've lost several pets and it fucking sucks. (laughs) Just to put it like bluntly, like that's it. That's the best way to describe it. I I don't know how else. It just feels like a piece of you is missing and I'm sure people are like oh you probably see so many patients and so many animals and you can't remember them all and you don't care about them all and you know like sure I might not remember every single patient I've seen I've seen thousands maybe ten thousand <laughs> a lot of animals I can't remember all of them but it's not like I don't care about each and every single one of them that came into the clinic where I was taking care of them. Of course we did. They, we tried everything. We did everything for the animal. Did we get frustrated sometimes when there's a 100-pound German Shepherd trying to eat our face off and the owner won't put a muzzle on it or give it you know, some sedation drugs before it comes in for its nail trim? Yeah, definitely got frustrated, but it's not, it's not the dog's fault. You know, they're either, you know, they had an owner who didn't train them properly or they just have behavioral issues just like people and they can't help that. Definitely one of like the most frustrating experiences I've ever had was a German Shepherd who came in and she had been in labor for several hours and had only passed one puppy who was deceased. So she came in and we ended up having to do a C-section on her and she was one of the most aggressive dogs I've ever worked with. So it's, you know, I'm sure she was in pain at that moment so it's probably way worse but every time she came in after that she was not nice so I can I definitely know she was kind of an aggressive dog but trying to get like the muzzle on this dog and then trying to place a catheter on this dog and trying to prep for surgery and everybody's stressed out and everybody's nervous because you don't know what you're going to find you don't know which what's going to be in there you want to get this animal on the table as fast as possible to save those puppies how you know we always do radiographs and they're they're usually accurate around especially you know, the end period of the gestation period, but you know, you can't be a hundred percent, you know, we knew there was two puppies. So we were like, okay, we can get her in fast enough. Hopefully we can save these two puppies. And thankfully we did. Uh, they both survived and they were the cutest freaking puppies. I, I'm not a huge fan of German Shepherds, but goddamn, do they have the cutest puppies with their floppy ears and little fluffy bodies. But you know, And it's rewarding when stuff like that happens, when you can save these two puppies or you help this person's animal or you give a diagnosis that this person has been looking for for ages and they're so happy and you get this animal on medicine and they start living better lives. You do have those rewarding factors. You know, you have those days where you're like, damn, I worked really hard today and I did my best and we, Edward just shook, and we, (laughs) he's right next to me, why? And you're just kind of like, all right, we saved these animals, we gave these animals, you know, 
their best life. We helped all of these clients, everything. And you go home and you just kind of feel really satisfied. But I will say that that is pretty far and few in between. I'm going to briefly kind of talk about this is probably like the graphic part I was kind of mentioning. So if you want to pass through it, you're more than welcome to. It'll be pretty quick and sweet. Sweet. I don't. That's a terrible word to say when talking about things like this. But I was working at a clinic, probably the worst clinic I've ever worked at. I was treated horribly there by doctors as well as clients. But we were open on Sundays. You know, most clinics, a lot of them are open on Saturdays for a short period of time for walk-ins, emergencies, and other small things. We were open on Sundays for basically the same thing, pretty much emergencies only. And there was one day, I don't know, we were we were in the back. I, I think we weren't that busy. And, you know, we had two doors kind of leading into the clinic, one to the back where we would walk in and one to the front, the main lobby. And I just, it was some lady banging on our back door and we were like, hey, the front door's over there. You know, if you have an injured animal, we'd be more than happy to help you. You can just give us a call or walk in and we'll come out. Um, and she's freaking out not crying just mind mind that she's not crying she's just freaking out uh and I know people cope in different ways but it was it was just a strange experience all of this um she says that she thinks her dog has passed away and so we're all gearing up getting oxygen out setting up you know a water blanket hoping to save this animal maybe resuscitate it or at least provide it comfort as it passes away you know one of our (laughs) she was just a receptionist she comes in and I'm sorry it's not funny but it's just the way that I cope and it was just the way she she just said it she came back in and she goes oh no it's definitely dead and we were just kind of like did you take a stethoscope did you listen like what's going on and she just kind of looked at us and she said no it's it's dead and you know we weren't expecting this animal to be like full-blown like it had probably been dead for you know 12 to 24 hours at this point and I mean it was a dog a big dog she wouldn't give you know the lady wouldn't give many details on what happened the dog was soaking wet I it wasn't raining it was Georgia I think like spring summertime there was no rain it was hot as shit outside no idea why this dog was soaked it was full-blown rigor mortis uh had been dead for a very long time it was warm because it was hot outside like its body was warm on the outside but you know touching its gums it was definitely very cold it had been dead for quite a while and they they said that they had been home like this whole time so you know it's either like oh you're lying or you just like this dog was outside and it just died by itself and you know I don't know why this upset me that much like she she was freaking out she went home and actually brought her other dog in that was also an outside dog that had been with this dead dog for that long period of time outside and I I don't know I don't know why it upset me thankfully the other dog was fine it had some parasites don't know why the other dog passed away we didn't do a necropsy on it or anything like that we didn't have the capability of it there and they declined so don't know what happened to that poor dog and I I don't really know why it upset me it it might have just been things building up and I hated my job and it was exhausting and just kept seeing things like that over and over again so I went home and poor Jacob (laughs) I lived with Jacob at this this time I went home and 
I just drank an entire bottle of rum pretty much straight from the bottle and I smoked like two packs of cigarettes and I sat out in front of our apartment and I sobbed and I was embarrassing. I mean, people were coming home. People (laughs) were walking by me while I'm having this like fucking mental breakdown and outside because I was smoking and I just drinking straight from the bottle basically. I just, I I don't know. I don't know why it broke me, but it, it made me hate my job. And I hate hating my job. It's upsetting. And it's, you know, who wants to go into work where they absolutely hate their job and they feel miserable, but they love what they do? It's hard. It's hard to explain that because do I love working with animals? Absolutely. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But is it hard? (laughs) So fucking hard. Like, I, (laughs) I, I'll just... I'll just go into this. I mean, I've worked with doctors who screamed at me. I've worked with doctors who threw things at me, who talked down to me, who treated me like I was garbage. So that just absolutely destroyed my confidence. And then on top of that, you have clients who come in who are screaming at you about anything and everything. You looked at their dog wrong. You grabbed their leash wrong. You said their name wrong. You interrupted them on accident. You know, and they try and tell you, they're like, oh, you don't care. (laughs) You're just doing this for the money. And I'm like, lady, I make $13 an hour. I make probably half as much as what a regular nurse makes. I'm living paycheck to fucking paycheck. I work long fucking hours. I don't get a lunch. Sometimes I'm working seven days a week. No breaks. Nothing. I'm underappreciated. I get nothing. I'm treated like garbage. I don't get the support that, you know, you necessarily should give people in any sort of healthcare setting. I mean, I've, I've been in situations where I'm holding an animal who is so fucking ill or, I mean, just dying. And the owner is just laying it into me, telling me I'm terrible, telling, calling me an awful human. And unfortunately, a lot of those times when I've been holding this animal while the owner is screaming at me, that owner is the cause of this. You know, they may have given them something that they shouldn't have. They neglected them. They didn't take care of them. They treated them like garbage. They abused them. And, you know, I think I'll have to do some research into this because I'm not too sure right now because I don't work in general practice anymore. So, but, you know, it used to be you couldn't report them because there's that client confidentiality, kind of like HIPAA. You know, you can't say anything. The only time really you can say anything is we had one instance where people abandoned their dog who had been in labor for 24 hours, uh, gave us false information, and disappeared off the face of the earth. So we had to do a C-section, and she unfortunately had to be euthanized because she was so ill. And, you know, they, like, we had to call animal control, we had to call the police, and that's when we can get them involved because they dipped out, they didn't pay, they gave false information, and they abandoned their animal there, and that's that was about the only time we could really do anything. Otherwise, you just kind of have to swallow it because if you go off on them, like you're going to be the one getting in trouble, not them. You're going to be the one getting reprimanded no matter what it is they do, no matter what it is they say to your face. And unfortunately, like that's a lot of places I worked at. I think now I've seen a lot. I'm on the vet tech subreddit and I see a lot of People talking about doctors and managers standing up for them and firing clients who are rude. And I'm 100% for that because getting rid of people like that from your job is, I mean, it's just going to make things better in the long run. 
Like, why would you want your employees so unhappy and being treated like shit? I just, I can't even understand. I can't begin to understand that. Like, why would you let that happen? I could talk about this all day. I probably won't because it's upsetting and I might start crying. So I don't really want to, to do that. I, but I just wanted to give anybody who listens to this a little insight on what it's like to actually work with animals. <laughs> I actually left the general practice field. I work in lab medicine right now. So I do work with animals that are in the laboratory. I know I'm going to get some hate from that maybe if anybody listens to this, but I enjoy it so much better. <laughs> I get to work with mice and rats and hamsters gerbils, guinea pigs, rabbits, prairie dogs, ferrets, and macaques. It's super interesting. It's super fun. I, you know, it's it's a tough job. Again, it's kind of the same issue, long hours sometimes. I do get to take my lunch a little bit more, but a lot of times I'm, I'm not taking lunch again, <laughs> which is kind of on me. I, I just, only because I, I'm a supervisor now, so I have a lot of extra work on top of working what we call on the floor, so I'm not at a desk all day. I do have to do surgeries and take care of animals and stuff like that. But it's super interesting. I love being involved with it. I can't go into too much detail because of where I work, but I will say, you know, I'm sure many people kind of disagree with this job and having animals for research, but it is scientific. It is not just like makeup or beauty products or anything like that. And it's great knowing I'm working there because I know I'm I'm the one giving these animals the best care that they can get. So I am I'm the one taking care of them. I'm the one making sure that they're healthy and they're happy and they're living their best life. And let me tell you, these babies are spoiled. I spoil the shit out of them. So may <laughs> I mean I spoil them as much as I can considering they're lab animals, but you know, I, I do what I can for them and I love them dearly. I have my favorites. I know I, we have several thousand animals actually, and we only have three vet techs, including myself. So it's a lot of animals to take care of, but, and I, I won't go and say I know each and every single one because there's lots of mice <laughs> and lots of guinea pigs, but I do, I love a lot of my animals very dearly and I know their IDs, they have names, I go and snuggle them when I have time, they get extra snacks. So just just so you know, they are loved and cared for and deeply appreciated for all that they do there. So that's kind of the gist. I think I might go more into it at some point later on, but I just wanted to give a brief introduction on what it's like to be a vet tech. Not not the best. <laughs> I will say it, it's not the best job. I, I think making it better would be have better pay standards, better care sta standards. I know there's a lot of places working on union, wow, unionizing, uh, and I am 100% for that. So I hope one day in the next couple of years, you know, I get to say being a vet tech is one of the highest paying jobs out there, and it's the best job and everybody loves it and you rarely meet anybody who's super miserable but it's not the case I unfortunately know too many vet techs and and vets you know I will include vets in this as well because that's also a tough job you know too many that have substance abuse issues and as well as there's a huge movement it's called not one more vet because veterinarians have a very high suicide rate as well as vet techs and you know if you don't look at that and you don't think that's a problem, then you're the problem, I will say. 
So hopefully if you hear this, this opened your eyes a little bit and you know, you were thinking about going in to work with animals. Hopefully this didn't deter you because we always need more people who love and care for animals and I fully support you. All right, had to take a little breath after that one. Got a little little too deep. So we're back. We're good. Now on to music. Uh, the other day, Thursday, so we saw Heart Attack Man. They opened with Photocopy, Super American, and Honest Link. And it was so fucking good. I've seen Heart Attack Man once before in Purgatory. Uh, <laughs> the lead singer actually like came down like the middle because if you've ever been to like a new Purgatory, it doesn't have a barrier. Well, I think like sometimes bands will put up barriers, but for the most part, there's not really a barrier there. So he rode down the middle, like we all opened up. And he rode down in a fucking tricycle and got up on stage. So that was fucking ridiculous, but it was so good. This time they were in hell, so there was a barrier this time, which, by the way, it's not very fun to jump on when you're on the edge of it, but it was super fun. Photocopy was interesting. I will say, I think like all the instruments were a little too loud so I couldn't really hear his voice and we saw the end of it so we didn't see the whole thing. Super American. <laughs> it was so funny because they got up stage and to be honest I like I really like Arms Length and Hard Attack Man so I thought we were going to get there a little bit later and didn't think I would really see them so I didn't listen to the music or really look into them. Uh, and so they came up on stage and the main singer who plays the bass I guess he's the main singer there's kind of two of them uh but he the bassist slash singer he uh I was like wow he looks super British not fucking knowing that their band name was super American so I feel like a fucking idiot uh he started talking and I was like oh no not British and don't ask me how he looked British I told my friend this and he <laughs> I showed him a picture and he goes oh yeah I could understand why you think he's British he he looks British, but yeah, their name's Super American, definitely not British, but they were really good. Uh, his bass had a bunch of animal stickers all over it, and it was really cute. Jacob said that they reminded him of a little knockoff Blink-182, and I can definitely see that, but they were really good. I I'm gonna, I'm looking into them now. I've been listening to some of their music now recently, so really glad I kind of saw them, actually. I mainly wanted to see Arms Length and Heart Attack Man. I fucking love Arms Length. Like, they're from Canada. Super great band. I, I don't know what it is about them. I think it's just the really sad music. I uh, love me some sad music. So really, really enjoyed it. Happy to see them. I mean, the first time I saw them, again in Purgatory, I forgot. I think they opened for Home Safe, I believe. But yeah, nobody knew them, and now when we saw them the other day, everybody was screaming their songs, because they have a new album out, well, new-ish, came out a couple months ago, I believe. And yeah, it was really fun, really good. The like weird thing was, is that it wasn't sold out, but there was a good bit of people there. It felt super old. Uh, I don't know, for some reason, just definitely felt like I was the oldest person there. Not the oldest person there, but older compared to the rest. And... It was like a bunch of younger people and I feel like they all knew each other because there was like 30 of them and they kept coming over to where like we were or around where we were and they were all like hugging each other and it was just different people every fucking time and they were like in the pit and I'm just like how like was it a whole class? I, like I don't know how do you know that many people? Like sure I guess I know like 30 people and my friends with 30 people where I would go out to a concert and we would all hug each other? Probably not. So... I don't know that I 
I felt like I wanted answers, but I don't know. I'm just nosy, I think. <laughs> Heart Attack Man, really great. Their new album, Freak of Nature, is so fucking good. They mostly play music from that, and I knew every single song. It was great. Loved it. Of course, they played some of their old, older songs, uh, like Leap Year and Pitch Black and stuff, and Cool to Me. But it was, it was great. Like, the crowd was really great. Sometimes we go to shows, and the crowd's just kind of like, eh even for like the headlining band but I mean it was just like pit after pit and crowd surfer after crowd surfer and everybody was screaming the lyrics and everybody was having a good time so it was really enjoyable I'm glad that we got to go I will say the weirdest thing that happened to me was there was this uh woman you know I think she was with her partner I don't know but she was trashed she was absolutely wasted I mean no shame to her love getting trashed at shows she could barely stand up I felt kind of scared for her because she was right in the front like one person behind the barrier and all like all of a sudden it was I don't know how far we were into the set maybe like like two songs left something like that and she turns to me and I'm like singing and I'm like looking at her out the corner of my eye and she's like staring me down and I'm like do I have something on my face did something happen like I don't know I can't hear anything because it's so fucking loud so I can't really talk she's still staring at me after a while so I turned to her and she's holding this vape out to me and I had saw her like pick it up off the floor earlier out of the corner of my eye I I don't know if it was hers I I'm assuming not because there was a bunch of crowd surfers that had just come over us at this point and I I think she was asking if it was mine and I was like oh no not mine no that's thank you though and then all of a sudden her partner comes out of nowhere and like grabs this vape from her and like starts vaping it and like normally I'd be like oh maybe that is hers but she looked shocked I don't know she could have just been that drunk but I'm like did this man just vape a vape off the floor I I, it took me a while to like comprehend that I I didn't I didn't know what to do (laughs) and I still don't know what to do obviously I'm still talking about it because it really just like threw me off like people are weird but I don't know that was top tier weird weird to me so sorry Edward keeps like walking around I'm gonna try to edit it out maybe I'll edit this out but definitely you can hear little clickety clackety nails and the cats have been like all fucking over me thankfully like they've been getting on my computer and I'm kind of not recording so they haven't fucked too much up but if you hear purring meowing shit getting knocked over that's them so sleep token came out with a new album on may 19th so almost a month ago now so very late talking about this but who cares i really enjoy this album and i really wanted to talk about it i've loved sleep token for a very long time we actually got to see them last year when they opened for in this moment uh so fucking good amazing live thankfully i got to see them before they blew up so next time you know i where, where, where were we we were at the tabernacle i think is where it was and that was a super cool setting sadly on this tour they are not coming to atlanta which fucking sucks i think they're going to charlotte though i believe uh it's sold out i was we were debating on getting tickets for it but just not enough money or time to really travel there i think they're playing at blue ridge really wanted to go to blue ridge and louder than life i think so 
maybe maybe next year they'll play at Sonic Temple or something and I'll be able to go because goddamn do I want to see them play some of these songs live. I do just want to preface this again. I am no music expert. I am just talking about this because I really love music and I really love this album and a lot of this is just opinions and how I feel. I mean some of it might be a little little bit of a fact like but otherwise don't don't take this to heart and don't and don't think that I am just kind of going in with my music critiques. Really, I have no critiques, honestly, so it's nothing too bad, but all of my opinions, I'm sure some people are going to hate them, but hey, that's okay. So the album's called Take Me Back to Eden. First few songs on the album actually came out as singles way before. I'm sure everybody knows The Summoning because it fucking blew up on TikTok. It's a really good song, and it just kind of really started that whole trickle into Sleep Token everywhere. So really exciting that this album came out, I will say, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, but definitely like one of the best albums to get laid to. So with that, we'll go into the very first song, which is one of my fucking favorite songs, honestly. I When I heard this song after the summoning, I really like the summoning, but this song, this song got me fucking hyped for Sleep Token, uh, this album. It's Chokehold, which I, I have like a weird unhealthy obsession with toxic songs. Don't judge me. I mean, I have a weird unhealthy obsession with having toxic people in my life. Uh, fun fact about me. The intro just kind of gives me chills. <laughs> um, everything about it just, it's just some like weird like ASMR type shit. And I'm not into ASMR. Like I fucking hate it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel itchy whenever I do hear people doing that like shit and like whispering. But I don't know, maybe it's not ASMR. Maybe it shouldn't be considered ASMR, like I'm calling it. But to me, it's ASMR, or it's really, it just relaxes me, even though I know it's not a very relaxing song because it's pretty toxic. But the guitar riffs in the song are really fucking insane, and I absolutely love it. My favorite line from the song is, I'll turn my walls to gold to bring you home again. Because, ah. The way he sings it, it's just so fucking perfect. Second song, of course, is The Summoning. This is a song that we like to say bad omens them on TikTok. So it just got really popular. Just that, that one part, that one part that everybody knows about, which is, you know, no lie. It is a really fucking good part. But the whole song is just so good. And it, it's like, what, like three different genres of music just put together into this like six minute song which I thought six minutes was long for a song on this album uh I was mistaken because on almost every song on this album is pretty long I think like I think Granite is one of the shorter ones uh but yeah I mean uh, it's just so uh, love this song the bass I'm I love a good bass riff I love a good bass sound I love a good bass song so the bass in the song is absolutely killer the way he screams that guttural like just ugh, scream so good I love this song and then there's like that that synth wave like breakdown just kind of sounds like wind chimes right before the actual like breakdown and it like when I first heard the song I was like what the actual fuck is going on here but shit I'm glad I listened to the rest of that song because it's so fucking good like that ends with a funky beat where everybody's like this is the part that I have sex to like I get it I mean I I would do it to the whole album hopefully 
maybe one day <laughs> but yeah just a really fucking good song I mean I'm, I'm glad they put this song out first and it just hyped every single fucking person up for this album and it was actually one of those ones that was a good hype you know like there's songs that blow up on tiktok and you're kind of like wow this little piece of the song is okay when they release everything else or whatever i'm sure it'll be just as good and then it's not it's all a fucking lie and you feel heartbroken and you feel devastated <laughs> asking alexandria <laughs> but yeah great song <laughs> i'm sure everybody has talked about it to death my favorite lines from the song are, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't wish that I could be your man, or maybe make a good girl bad. Like, yeah, it's the funky beat. I know I was kind of talking shit about it before, but it does have some of the best lines in the song. Granted, sounds like you're saying granted, uh, granted, the third song on the album. Uh, definitely the epitome of just fucking toxic relationships. I love such a good song probably one of the shorter songs on the album but it's so fucking good the guitar twang like right before the breakdown just like makes me ugh, I, w I just want to see the song live that's all I'm gonna say because yeah I could sit here and talk about this whole album for hours but I'm not going to because I don't want this to be overdrawn or absolutely obnoxious my favorite line from this song is basically the chorus um <laughs> I was more than just a body in your passenger seat, and you were more than just somebody I was destined to meet. The next song is Aqua Regia. Regia? 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 I, they say Aqua Regia in the song, but I maybe that's just like the British way of saying it, because like I want to say Aqua Regia. I don't know. I don't know how to say words, but Aqua Regia. We'll say it like that. A little bit of an unpopular opinion, but it's definitely my least favorite song on the album. Not to say I don't like the song. I love the song because I love all of these songs, but definitely not my favorite. <laughs> I do like the synthwave kind of aspect of the song and the focus on his vocals, but it just kind of like the piano sounds like elevator music, <laughs> but in a good way. Like if I heard that in the elevator, I would, I would be digging it. The only problem I have is like, I know oxytocin is considered like the love hormone or love chem chemical or whatever, but all I can think about is the labor drug because that's what is released during labor and that's what we give to induce labor in animals. So kind of, kind of my fault there, but every time I hear about oxytocin, all I can think about is giving birth. My favorite line from this song is following a blood trail frothing at the maw just because the way he says maw, like I, I kind of repeat that. I, I sit there and I rewind it for a little while. And by a little while, I mean like several minutes because there's just something about the way he says it that just, I don't know, scratches that itch. All right, Vor. So I just, I want to talk to somebody who discovered what Vor was because of this song. Like I feel so bad for all those naive people who just typed in Vor thinking that it was just going to come up with the sleep token song and it in fact did not. So if it ruined your innocence, please let me know, because that's what I, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the name of the song. But holy fucking shit, it is a, probably like my second favorite song on this album. I mean, it's just like a hard swerve from Aqua Regia. I don't know, it's just the screaming again, the way he screams. I, I do love some slow, sad music, but for this album and what I've been feeling lately, I've been really into lots of just like that guttural screaming and it just uh, it's so fucking good sorry to anybody who doesn't care but this is the song that i would want to have sex to 
Uh, it's so fucking good. I mean, yeah, is the premise of it like, okay, so the internet ruined me as a young, young, wee young child, unfortunately, and I knew what Vora was from the very young age, and I am thoroughly disgusted with myself. I am not into it. I am not trying to judge you if you are, but it does disgust me. But the premise of the song and everything that he sings and talks about is, it all makes sense. <laughs> so, like it, you know, I get it. That's why they named it. I shouldn't have that thought in my head. But at the same time, I do kind of like get that thought in the back of my mind. Like I think of all those stupid ass Sonic 4 memes that I used to see on Tumblr back in the day. And you know what? I'm not going to continue this because I probably just ruined it for several other people as well. Anyways, my favorite line from this song is, follow me between the jaws of fate so I can have you to myself for once. Ascensionism. Basically, the song is <laughs> like Ascensionism. Honestly, like when they do the breakdown, that's what it sounds like. So it's it's really fucking good, but it's also really fucking weird. Like there's that that sad piano again. And then on, it's like rap, techno, then breakdown. What are we doing here? And if this was released as a single, like it's even more all over the place than the summoning. <laughs> so if this was like the first release single, I would be like, what the fuck are they doing? Still great. Still a good fucking song. But I'd be like, this is not Sleep Token, but it is. But like you get through most of the song and then you listen to the breakdown and everything and then you're like sleep token but at first you're like sleep token but it's it's just like a nice I don't want maybe maybe not nice I don't I don't know it's yeah it's just like a weird strange barrier between Vore and the next song and it just kind of throws in all of the themes all of the different types of music into one song right in the middle of the album <laughs> my favorite line from this song is tell me you guessed my future and it mapped onto your fantasy all right so i probably said this at least six times but this song for real is my favorite song from this album and probably one of my favorite songs in general but it's are you really okay it's definitely like it's easy to understand the song you know so there are some songs where you're like hmm, i'm about to google the shit because i have no idea what this means but it's definitely very easy to understand that it's just dealing with someone who is struggling in some sort of way most likely mental illness of course that's how it always is and both sides are kind of like frustrated and upset but no one's super angry like you have your one side trying everything to help and the other side who is not allowing them to help it seems like and it's really fucking sad <laughs> but it really fucking hits home because definitely a piece of shit person who throws everyone away from me so it just kind of really resonated with me and that's why I think this is definitely one of my all-time favorite songs in general. My favorite lines from this song are, and I, I cannot fix your wounds this time, but I, but I don't believe you when you tell me you're fine. So it's like you can see where the, that one side is kind of just fucking over it, but they still kind of care, and the other side is just paying them no attention. <laughs> It seems like, yeah, so moral of the story, don't push people away who are trying to help you. The Apparition is the next song. It starts off kind of slow, but kind of goes back into the techno and then back into the heavy instrumentals. I just really like the way that he uh, puts so much emotion into the chorus. 
I just sound so emotional and angry and I absolutely love it. So yeah, short but sweet because I mean, that's all there is to it. It's, it's a really fucking good song and I really like it and that's all there is to say about it. My favorite lines from the song are, of course, basically the chorus. Why are you never real? The shifting states you follow me through, unrevealed. Just let me go or take me with you. You can kind of see like, again, like the whole theme of this album is just very toxic. (laughs) But it starts to get better. It starts to get better. This song, Do You Wish That You Love Me? Like, what? I don't, like, it just came out of left field for me. Really, I I truly love it, actually, but it is super, like, kind of poppy sounding, kind of techno-y sounding. If they hadn't had the other mixes of things, other genres, and other sounds with the whole rest of the album, I would have told you this song does not belong on this album. It kind of does. It fits, and it sounds too happy. Like, it's that song that's really happy sounding, but in reality is really fucked up and really fucking sad, and... Yeah. <laughs> I also, I have a hard time saying the letters. D D Y W T Y L M. I'd rather just call it, do you wish that you love me? I don't know what everybody else calls it, but that's what I'm going to call it because I it takes longer for me to sound out the letters because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. But really fucking good song. And I mean, the, everything, like it's just hard swerve after hard swerve. And then you go back into one genre and then next song you're bouncing back in between like three different genres my favorite line from the song is are you trying to live like everything is a lesson to learn can you forgive in parentheses yourself do you wish that you loved me next song rain you've got that piano again piano is a huge theme i guess throughout the song (laughs) uh It's like piano and then back to instrumentals. I'm sure this song would be so fucking fun to see live. I, again, I would kill somebody to probably be able to go to Charlotte and actually see them. Or just a Blue Ridge. But at the same time, it's like going to Blue Ridge or any one of those festivals. They'd probably play like four of these songs because some of them are so fucking long. So you wouldn't be able to hear a whole lot. This song definitely, I would say, would be one of the the better songs to have sex to on this album. And it's like you go through like all these songs and you're like, it's just like so much back and forth, which is just the epitome of just toxic relationships. Um, You think things are getting better, then things go bad again, and then things are getting better, and then things are going bad again. But my favorite line from the song, which kind of shows that, oh, maybe things are getting better, but they are really not. Um, is, but I finally think I can say that the vicious cycle is over the moment you smiled at me. All right, final songs. (laughs) Take Me Back to Eden, which is the titular song of this album. This song is over eight fucking minutes long. Like, there are people who keep, like, walking by my window, and I feel like they're staring at me, but they're not, and it makes me uncomfortable, but oh well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this song's fucking long. I, like, I, when I first heard it, I thought about that John Mulaney skit where they were doing or he was talking about national anthems and he was like play November Rain and I'm like they should have just made this song like one minute longer and then it would be on par with November Rain and could be a national anthem which I wouldn't be mad I'd move there we could make our own city our own country I guess that would be considered national anthem not a city (laughs) oops um we'll just make our own country and make this our national anthem it's fine song's so fucking ethereal uh 
it's super long, but you like when I first listened to it, I just I didn't realize how long it was until I looked at the time. This whole album, I like it just blew through because every song is just so fucking good. There wasn't a single second where I was like, mm, gonna fast forward through this because I don't really care about this. It's like back to rap after some like heavy instrumentals. And then at the end, you have like that the chorus of chokehold in there, like in the background, and you're like, oh shit, I know this song. And then again, the screaming. Ugh. I just like if he had just made a whole album. If they just made a whole album of just every single song was just him screaming, I'm sure that would absolutely just fucking ruin his vocal cords. But I would pay top dollar to go see that live. So yeah, Sleep Token, if you're listening, which you're not because you never will, just keep screaming because it's hot. <laughs> my favorite line from the song is, my favorite lines from the song are, and I don't know what's got its teeth in me, but I'm about to bite back in anger. No amount of self-sought fury will bring back the glory of innocence. And it's like here you're like, oh shit, we're mad. We're finally fucking over it. Like we're over this toxic shit. We're moving on. So now we get to the last fucking song, Euclid. You got that piano again, that nice like kind of calmish sweet sound. I really like that this is the last song on the album because it's kind of on a high note. <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a high note. It's not, not really. It's more like acceptance. And you can kind of feel that in the song. So the whole album, it's just like, it's just been so fucking toxic the whole time. And I think that's why everybody wants to have sex to it. It's just like straight up toxicity, the whole thing. And it's great and we love it. But now we're at the end and we realize like we're not, like if we don't get what we deserve, we, we're going to move on. And so we don't, we don't get that. We don't get what we deserve. So we accept it. And, you know, in the last few lines of the song, we are kind of like, all right, I still love you and you still mean a lot to me, but I'm fucking over it and I'm fucking moving on. And hopefully, you know, this trend continues because it's good to see an album where it's not just straight up like either like misogyny or anything like just straight up abuse or shitty relationships or about cheating or anything like that. It is, you can see that like the love is there, but at the same time, you know, it's not good for either side. And at this point now, we're, we're over it and we're ready to move on to better things after like one last time. So to go with the ending of the song, my favorite lines are, we tangle endlessly like lovers entwined. I know for the last time, you will not be mine. All right, so that's it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed my ranting about the vet tech life as well as just random bullshit about one of my new favorite albums. Um, thank you guys so much for listening if you've made it this far. I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's given me any feedback or listened at all to the first episode. Hopefully this one is louder. You guys can catch this podcast on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, it's on iHeartRadio, as well as sev several other platforms. I do have social media. I, I don't use Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, not unfortunately, because fuck Twitter. But I do have a TikTok where I mostly just post my cats. Uh, it is S-Y-N-T-R-I-B-O-S. And then Instagram, kind of the same thing, except I do post more about myself. And I'm trying to include the podcast in it more as well. But it is at S-Y-N underscore T-R-I-B-O-S. I'm thinking about doing episodes with people, so not like an interview, but more just kind of like a co-host for a certain episode because I don't really want to interview people. I don't really have anybody to interview, I guess, um, but 
I think it would just be something fun. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate everything. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, your night, morning, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. And just as a reminder, you will be all right eventually.